the Stories and Philosophy podcast. So I'm Salon, the host of this podcast. If you have been listening since last October, you remember that I kind of dedicated the month of October indefinitely to talking through some lessons and things that the year, my, I guess, annual year, has taught me since my birthday happened in November. October is a very reflection-heavy month for me. And so last year, I did an episode on Eastful Transitions, and I don't recall what the second one was, but there were two episodes last October around what the year 23 taught me. And so in keeping with that tradition, I'm doing that again for the year 24. Um, so obviously, the first this first episode is titled... Um, do some whole shit, build community, and love your inner child, which I feel <laughs> really sums up a lot of my 24. And my story is going to be a day that reflected all of these priorities in some way, shape, or fashion. Um, but first, back to doing some whole shit. So... Toni Morrison's um, The Pieces I Am documentary came out earlier this year, I believe. And I think one of the really amazing parts of it was when she was like, oh yeah, when I was in Howard, I was kind of loose. And she chuckled and you could tell she had no regrets for the ways that she kind of found her sensual and sexual self as a college student and I really thought about how for a lot of people college is that place where they relearn their boundaries where they think through you know what they want to present to the world as far as our sensuality sexuality all of that and I didn't really do that in college mostly because I was like a teenager in college all through my college experience and so my um, my mindset, my mentality just wasn't even in that headspace. But and after college with being in law school again, like there was just no brain space to think about anything other than school. And so this year was really the first year that I said, okay, like what does pleasure, sensuality, sexuality mean to me in an embodied way like what are my actual boundaries not the boundaries that I was taught to have not the boundaries that I was given by the people who love me but what are my actual boundaries um and then what is my relationship to pleasure within my boundaries which required some testing (laughs) which required some like going up against um things not just as an intellectual exercise which is something that I'm really good at I'm really good at intellectualizing experiences and things I'm really good at theorizing I'm really good at ideation but to take all of that and say okay these are the things that I believe these are the things that I know and what am I going to do with those things that I believe and know in my own personal space in my own private space And that was really fun. Um, I think the big lesson around kind of exploring 
a lot of that was based on the idea of belonging to myself and I always viewed pleasure as something that somebody else would bring out of me as something that um, I could only co-create with someone else with them being the ones that are like the arbiters of my pleasure um, and while intellectually like I didn't really believe that but I kind of lived that way and outsourcing my pleasure and so as I've navigated this year mostly like single single <laughs> and not really like yeah not really partnered not really in an exclusive relationship with anyone um how I have chosen to navigate pleasure has been really interesting to me it's brought out a lot of things that I kind of knew about myself but didn't know how those things shaped up and played out it's been really really fun to just play with pleasure to play with sensuality to play with myself as a sexual central being so that's that's the that on that on doing some whole shit (laughs) and I think that you know I I try to not be super prescriptive whenever I begin to talk about sensuality, people, the way that we present our sexual selves to the world or not, um, the way we share our sexual space, because I think that everyone's empowering choice with their sensuality looks really different. Um, You know, um, something that feels really empowering for one person can feel really stifling for the other person something that feels really liberating for one person can feel not great for another person and so it really is exploring your individual relationship to pleasure having lots of conversations with people who are safe um but also opening yourself up to opportunities where you may not necessarily feel super comfortable going out of your comfort zone if and trusting your desires um, and trusting that those desires will lead you to a knowledge about yourself and what you want from the world. So moving on from the whole shit <laughs> to building community, another really huge part of my year 24 has been just investing in relationships, investing in deepening my intimacy with the people who are like the chosen loves of my life um i've had so many just special moments with friends and new friends and family and old friends reconnecting to them and i've really taken this seriously i've really taken this idea this charge that i cannot operate and i cannot be my best self in isolation my ideas cannot be their best selves in isolation um i've taken that really seriously and it's been really fun to get to know new people it's been really fun to be selective on the people that i invite into my space but not letting the fear of rejection not letting the fear of friendships that have ended stop me from reaching out to build new community i've been learning a lot about 
how do we build community with the new practice and paradigm for non-transactional relationships and being able to hold space for people without um, expecting them to conform to who you want them to be. I have a lot of, not a lot, but I have some baggage and some wounded places that are still healing from being in friendships and relationships with people who only liked me when I was their idea of who I should be. And a lot of those friendships have ended in the past couple of years and just fizzled out when I began to just pay attention to my own desires and what I wanted and break out of the bubble and the norm that was fitting to those particular relationships and friend groups. And so there is still a part of me that feels really scarred when I exert my own individuality within the context of a relationship or a friendship because it fears rejection. And I'm so, so grateful for the friends that have held that for me who, you know, I've been able to say, hey, like, I actually don't think this way. I actually don't agree with this thing. I actually, this truth that you're holding that is true for you isn't true for me. And in past relationships, I would, I noticed that whenever I did that, people would pull away and actually being able to do that in the context of my new settings and relationships with people I've known all my life, like my cousin, (laughs) being able to do that with her and realize that the love is still there. The love hasn't gone anywhere, even though I'm able to exert myself has been really nourishing, really filling. And loving my inner child has been another huge theme of this year for me. First of all, it felt like reconnecting with my inner child was necessary. So the parts of me that just felt like I had to grow up too soon. Um, I did grow up too soon. (laughs) And going back and just pouring so much love and attention on that version of myself, of actually seeing her, of actually just paying attention to her. I recently went to an exercise that one of my favorite artists held in the Bay Area and she had you do like a back and forth dialogue on a piece of paper with your inner child and your present self and so with your right hand or your dominant hand you had to like write a question for your inner child and then with your non-dominant hand you had to try to answer that question from the perspective of your inner child and so right hand question from my present self to my inner child left hand write down what my inner child was saying and you know it was a frustrating exercise for lots of people but it made me realize that in this year paying attention to my inner child she just came out and like it was she felt really accessible you know that version of myself that is playful that isn't fully coherent that isn't fully jaded by the world that is a dreamer very aspirational um (laughs) very like defiant but also just like wants everyone to leave her alone so she can just like go be in a corner somewhere (laughs) like feels very accessible to me and i spend a lot of time just communicating pouring love paying attention to the needs that my inner child still has because you know i am of the belief that all your ages live with you 
And so in my present self, I still am accessible and still have access to the parts of me that, yeah, I just still feel like a child and needs play and needs community and needs love and needs attention, needs beauty to feel whole and complete. So I want to reflect on a day that had all of these factors present for me. So one day during this 24th year, I, you know, part of what doing whole shit has looked like for me has been like going clubbing and going dancing. And so I met up with a man that I'd met going clubbing and dancing with and yeah, went to brunch and it just didn't go well. I was really triggered. The situation made me really angry. Um, so I left brunch and immediately just recognized that like, you know, when you do some whole shit, <laughs> when you open yourself up, which is basically what doing whole shit is for me. When you open yourself up, there's no guarantee of moving in a certain direction, right? You open yourself up to the vulnerability of either being hurt or being, like, loved and, you know? And so it was a reminder of the fact that opening yourself up doesn't guarantee a specific outcome. And so the process of opening yourself up has to be enough regardless of what the outcome is. And that's that's a lesson I've learned this year. Right. So just was sitting with that, reminding myself of the ways that I've learned this lesson and the fact that just because I opened myself up to someone else doesn't mean that I'm guaranteed a successful relationship with this person or that I'm guaranteed intimacy with this person. Um, the gift is in the ability to be open. So reminding myself of all of that and, you know, in a couple of hours after that situation, I ended up going out for just some quality time with a few women that I've met over the past year. And it was such a, like, I think we spent four to five hours just sitting and talking and, you know, learning from each other and really seeing each other and really having these difficult conversations around really controversial things but we all just felt really seen and we all just felt really like our opinions were heard and were able to like probe and dig and like be philosophical in all the ways that I love and be philosophical but also apply things to our own specific context and all of these women just felt like they saw me and I felt like I saw them and I felt like even though you know, we had a lot of similarities on certain things, even the things that we didn't have similarities on, we're able to communicate that. And it just felt so nurturing. And it's just a reminder that, again, community, opening up yourself, is always worth it. It's always a gift. And after I left that hangout session with my girls, I like came home and, you know, I was just laying on my bed and I had this moment where I just kind of felt like I missed my mom, you know, and I obviously don't live in the same city as my mom. And I just wanted to be held by my mom. And it took a second to just kind of be like, oh, where, where is this coming from? And I had like a flashback memory of just 
you know, being cuddled by my mom, being held by my mom as a little girl. And I felt like it was my inner child expressing this desire. And it was so interesting because in previous times, like I wouldn't have paid attention to the needs and desires of my inner child. And it really would just be me moving and being like, oh, that's a ridiculous feeling. But in being able to name that and acknowledge that and saying, okay, I can't really hug my mom right now, but I can call her and we can talk and I can feel that intimacy by vicariously through our conversations just really made me grateful that I spent a lot of time, energy, paying attention to what my inner child wants and needs and ways to meet those needs even if I can't meet them directly. So that is part one of 24, the lessons, the stories, the philosophies, the affirmations, and the ways that it brought me a lot of blessings 